Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about how octopus arms literally have minds of their own. You'll also learn about the benefits of having plants and how to get started with environmental scientist Summer Rain Oaks. Let's plant some curiosity and then fertilize it and then give it some water and sunlight and then make it grow. A new study has figured out how the brains in octopus arms make decisions. You heard that right. Octopus arms literally have minds of their own. An octopus has 500 million neurons, but more than half of them are found outside of the animal's brain. Well, outside of its main brain. Each of the octopus's arms has a small cluster of nerve cells that controls movement. That means that the creature technically has eight independent mini-brains, along with a larger central brain. Past studies have shown that severed octopus arms can respond to stimuli an hour after being separated from the central brain, reaching, grasping, and even trying to move food toward a mouth that's no longer there. Creepy. And researchers from the University of Washington have come up with a detailed video model that shows how those arms make decisions. Ready to have your one single mind blown? It turns out that some information bypasses the central brain entirely. The paper's lead researcher, Dominic Civitilli, described this as an arm-up decision mechanism. Basically, neurons in octopus arms can take in sensory information from their environment, then kick in a motor response without consulting the central brain. Having eight extra neural centers processing incoming stimuli helps the octopus think and react faster, which is quite the evolutionary advantage. And evolution is exactly what you can blame for the fact that we humans only have one brain. See, an octopus is a cephalopod, not a vertebrate. Vertebrates have highly centralized nervous systems that work in a brain-down manner. But cephalopods have multiple neuron clusters called ganglia throughout their bodies. One cluster evolved to become a dominant brain, while the others continue to operate the arms. These peripheral ganglia can communicate with each other via a neural ring, which makes it possible for the arms to coordinate movements independent of the brain. If a creature with independently thinking limbs sounds like science fiction to you, you're not alone. In a press release, the lead author said, quote, It's an alternative model for intelligence. It gives us an understanding as to the diversity of cognition in the world and perhaps the universe, unquote. Looks like octopus have us humans for suckers. Get it? Because they got, they got suckers on their uh, Yeah, arms. that's okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Here's a quick way to be happier and healthier. Get some plants. That's according to our guest today, Summer Rain Oaks. She's an environmental scientist, entrepreneur, and author with a brand new book called How to Make a Plant Love You, Cultivate Green Space in Your Home and Heart. And in it, she helps you understand how to become a prized plant parent. But before she gives you tips on how to take care of your plant, let's talk about why green space is so important. Here's what Summer told us when we asked about the health benefits of plants and how she wrote about them in her book. There's a whole chapter kind of dedicated more to that, you know, and it goes from research along the lines of everything from studies were done with people who are in the hospital, how they healed faster if they had a view of nature, even if they had a poster that had trees on it or a natural scene, to how plants could actually make us more creative, more curious. And you might question, well, how do you actually like quantify those? But, you know, a lot of those studies will then actually speak with people qualitatively like how, you know, how do you feel? Do you feel that you're more stimulated in your environment? And then that could be then 
quantified out, which I think is so cool because so many of these are just intangible benefits. But even with some of the books that came out about forest bathing, you know, when you actually go out in nature, it does lower your blood pressure and actually more so in in most cases than if you were actually taking medications and prescriptions. As a matter of fact, like in Asia, they are prescribing forest bathing over actually taking medicine. And even in the 1800s, like we had more gardens in our hospitals because it was viewed as something that could actually heal people. And especially nowadays with folks that are suffering from anxiety and depression, just from like the pressures of modern life or not knowing how to deal with certain amounts of sadness in their life, a plant could really change the mood and the tempo of a person over time. And It's not necessarily like a panacea. It's not like, oh, I get a plant and then I'm healed. But that's not how life is. Life is a journey. And, you know, for most of the people, I, I, you know, have 70 members of the community, the plant community who have shared their thoughts within the book. They have all these different stories, you know, from anxiety to depression to losing a loved one and how they've use plants in order to be able to heal themselves. And it's just such a powerful, undeniable statements that you, you read throughout. Forest bathing is not some pseudoscience. A 2018 meta-analysis in the journal Environmental Research found that people who spend more time in green spaces have significantly reduced risks for a number of chronic illnesses. And a review published in 2017 showed that, quote, From a physiological perspective, significant empirical research findings point to a reduction in human heart rate and blood pressure and an increase in relaxation for participants exposed to natural green spaces, unquote. We've got a whole write-up on forest bathing on curiosity.com, which we'll link to in today's show notes. But if you're worried that you just can't have a green space because of your living conditions, then don't panic. Summer emphasized in our conversation that you don't have to have a huge yard or even a balcony to put plants in your home. There are plenty of houseplants that'll do the trick for apartments of any size. Problem is, if you're like me, you're not always sure where to start. Do you get fully grown flowers from the store? Do you start with seeds like I did this year? Here's what Summer recommends. I tip my hat off to you because seed starting could actually be very challenging for people, especially the different types of seeds. So because some need to be actually scarified, which means like they need to be, you know, cut or like polished a little bit with sandpaper or something along those. Some need to be frozen, you know, before they actually uh, emerge. So I typically wouldn't recommend starting with seeds, but I love that you kind of throw yourself in there with it. But yeah, seeds could be a little bit challenging, but it's definitely a little bit easier for something that has a root and that is in some type of uh, soil mixture and that has been grown out. Those typically are the easiest to start with versus something that might have been just a cutting and no root because trying to give it the, the right kind of light and the right kind of humidity in order to be able to get that root. Of course, some plants are easier to root than others, but typically I find that people go to the plant shop and they get something that is already well established. But my cautionary tale there is actually know what plant wants to be in your house. Know what kind of light and the type of light and the direction that your windows are facing. That's always a good first step. And um, and knowing what you could give the plant back and you're going to have a higher success rate than somebody who doesn't know that. See what kind of sun your plants want and you too can reap the myriad benefits that come along with having a little green friend. Again, that was Summer Rain Oaks, an environmental scientist, entrepreneur, and author. 
Her new book is called How to Make a Plan to Love You, Cultivate Green Space in Your Home and Heart. And it'll help you learn a lot more about how to take care of your plants and why you should do so. You can find links to the book and more from Summer in today's show notes. I planted morning glories from seed this year, and they are doing so well. Oh, they're awesome. And one other plants tip, when I first started dating my now wife, she got me a golden pothos, and they can survive off of ambient light. They're super easy to grow. It is gigantic. One of the vines is like 10 feet long, and it's been indoor in our apartment since we met, and it's just doing great. They're really easy to take care of. Every house that I've been to that has like vines all over the place, I'm so jealous of. I want vines. I want a jungle inside. <laughs> Telling you, morning glories for outside, golden pothos for inside. Before we recap what we learned today, here's a sneak peek at what you can catch this weekend on curiosity.com. This weekend, you'll learn about how you can watch the Perseid meteor shower right now, weird creatures from the deepest part of the Gulf of Mexico, a time-saving hack to chill your beer in just five minutes, how blankets of silica aerogel could make parts of Mars habitable, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. Today we learned that octopus arms have brains that can do things without even communicating with the octopus's central brain. I feel like my arms do that when there are peanut butter pretzels around and I'm not paying attention. We also learned that if you're new to growing plants like me... Try getting a plant with a root that's been grown out in some sort of soil mixture versus something that's just a cutting with no root. Or you could start with seeds like Cody did, which... <laughs> I love that. Or you could start with seeds like Cody did, which he wrote in the script that I should say he's super cool for doing. Gee, thanks, Ashley. You're welcome. Join us again Sunday to learn something new in just a few minutes. And have a great weekend. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. Stay curious.